I say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in Portland, Oregon, at the Momentum Studios. D-Boy is back. Oh, I'm back. I'm back, too. Spencer Shea's here once again. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Spencer Good to have you back, D-Boy. I, I, I've, Man, actually given, here. I, I've actually given Spencer a new nickname. What is it? Oh, yeah. Spencer Van Gundy. <laughs> oh, Spencer Van Gundy. Yo, I don't even know even the full that. root of this, but it's funny as hell already. Spencer, Spencer Van, Van Gundy. Spencer Van Gundy. calls me up last night. He goes, yeah. I figured out who you are, bro. Spencer, I'm like, man, that's... <laughs> Scott. <laughs> that's hilarious. And a lot of it, a lot of it just has... It was a joke and a playoff. Spencer's been out here in his college basketball yeah. analyst bag. Yeah. I've seen that. He's throwing the headset on with me a couple Making times. Making noise, so Bro, don't he's get doing twisted. his thing. He's Making doing his noise. thing. Like Ugh. he, he's definitely holding his weight. So he's been joining me over at Pacific as 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 my analyst. As I do play by play there, I'm obviously an analyst at Portland State, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. But yeah, man, you uh, you giving me some Van, you're giving me Stan Van Gundy vibes Stan, more so yeah. than I'm, Jeff yeah, Van Gundy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go snatching on any people's legs or anything like that. I'm just trying to talk my shit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And just say, you know, stay posted. I do like Stan Van Gundy more than Jeff Van Gundy. I will say. As an analyst, As I an do analyst, too. I, yeah. I, I like, I think individually I like Stan Van Gundy more than Jeff Van Gundy. But I do think as a tandem, when Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson work together, yeah. that's one of the best tandems, like, on any call. Plus, you look sport. like Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look nothing like yeah. that. Well, Stan Van Sick, don't you? Oh, man. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but, anywho, yeah, I think I do like Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson when they work together. I don't think there's a better crew on the call and then when they work together whether they're whether they got Breen doing play-by-play sometimes they have Mark Jones doing play-by-play but those two together man the 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 coach player element Mm -hmm. obviously you know Jeff Van Gundy when he used to coach the Pacers and and Mark Jackson Mm -hmm. was his point guard the friendship element just from going back all of those years and having those kinds of ties and connection it, it it really seeps through when they broadcast together so yeah, I like that tandem, but probably individually, I do like Stan Van Gundy a little bit more as an analyst. But both are great. Both hot, are great. Hot take, quick question for you. Who do you feel like you... I, I don't think you remind me of no one in particular, but who do you feel like your game most models are you would be compared to in your style of uh, commentating or calling? Hmm. That's a good question. Thank you. Um, Mark Jackson. Really? I'm a fan of Mark Jackson. With all due respect. Yeah, really. Mark Jackson, speaking, that's why, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I, I hold them together in that kind of a regard. But I, I do sort of like Mark Jackson the most in terms of, like, the technicalities of it. Our personalities are a little bit different. different. I feel like he more subtle. He's more subtle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm definitely that. And mm-hmm. I think some of that is just sort of my own tactics in terms of, like, I like to be able to have the technical skill part down, mm-hmm. but I also like to still be a fan when I'm on the call, and I like my fandom to sort of seep through as you're listening to me on the call or as you're watching the game, so that it's not too technical. Yeah, like it's a genuine excitement. It's a genuine excitement because I yeah. love this shit. Yeah. I love being able to get on the call. I love being in the gym, calling college basketball games, calling any games for that matter. And I tell people all the time, like. I'm a like when it comes to sports 
all sports, any sport, the team that I've always been most loyal to that I think sort of tailored who I am as a fan, a sports fan, is being a Raider, Raider fan. fan. Mm-hmm. And we are one of the most notorious fan bases out Ever. there. So, of the so of sports. the excitement that I get with sports, a lot of that comes from when I yeah. learned to become a fan of sports, I did that by way of the yeah, Raiders primarily. The you couldn't so, have asked being a Raider. Fan. Absolutely. So, yeah. it, so, so that kind of comes through a little bit, regardless of what sport I'm calling, whether it be football or basketball. But like, I really do like my fandom to poke through. So, like I said, on the technical side, I would more so say Mark Jackson. Personality wise, though, I don't know if I got nope, the answer yeah, to that's that. That's why I say I don't. Do nobody, you? Who do you think? Based on, I mean, Spencer. I've you, been thinking about it the yeah, entire time you've been talking. I can't. <laughs> that's why I said nobody really. Which is great. Which yeah, means yeah, I'm I carving my own path, yeah. and I'm not modeling my, you know, my skill set after anybody. But I, I do think, from a technical standpoint, I do like how Mark Jackson gets down. But I think, obviously, I tweak it. Like I said, my my fandom. Brings out my personality when I'm on the well, call I think, as well. I, well. You know, I think it's uh, first off, you have the uh, capacity to do color and play by play in two different places for sure. And also, you do podcasting, and right. also you do a little journalism. So it's like it's good, and you know this from like musically. I was just gonna compare. That. You know what and I'm music, saying? Yeah. That like mm-hmm. you can you can be like okay well this is sort of the general idea overall stylistically that i'm mm-hmm. trying to go for mm-hmm. but moment to moment song to song or like so diff- particular yeah. different job you go well, i need this kind of flavor for this Facts. situation or right this kind of flavor so having that you know multi you know uh person personalities to pull from yeah from different way things that yeah. you do makes your shit better absolutely because yeah. if you ask me that same question in regard to podcasting I would probably say Bomani Jones. Okay. Yeah. And if, I if, if, I was to, Jones. if I was to be asked that in music, which I have, I've heard people say certain songs of mine remind them of this artist or mm. sound like this artist, but nobody ever like consistently said, like, you remind me of this person or this, like, your style is like this. Like, it's not yeah. an offspring of nobody. Yeah, it's like very that's tailored. the way like, that it should be. Like, for people, sure. You know, people always get, like, they... I've always thought this was funny. In hip hop, it's a big in hip hop, it's the biggest thing. It's like don't bite. Yeah. But if you're really a musician or mm-hmm. you're really an you're artist, you actually do. It, you know that you're like I'm taking stuff from, from yeah, everything. You got to. Yeah. And the, and like I guess the goal would just be to have so much so cosmopolitan that you can't, you figure, can't out figure out that you're yeah. making right, your own. Right, right, right. I forget it is. where I it's read it. It's a gumbo it. pot, yeah, almost. Gumbo. Like, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I forget exactly. where I read who said this or where I read this. It must have been some article or something years ago. But they were talking. Somebody said something to the effect of like, there are two types of artists. There are uh, innovators and there are originators. And most people are innovators. They're just building off of something that's already been mm-hmm. done. And then the example he was like, a guy like Prince is an originator. Like, mm. he made up his own shit, and not a lot of people have that claim. Because mm-hmm. 99% of us are just going, yeah, oh, I like that, I like of, that. Yeah, yeah you sure. pick from Every it, yeah. Every once in a while, you'll come across some a That's truly original new. idea. That. Yeah. yeah, And if you get that, fucking yeah. congratulations. Yeah, yeah absolutely, sure. absolutely. So, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, from a podcast lens, it would probably be more Sobo Mani, who was who was definitely, uh, I, I, you were actually with me last week. Everybody's doing their Spotify wrapped. Mm-hmm. Where you see who was your top five most listened to artists, who mm-hmm. was your top five most listened to podcasts, and Bomani was definitely like I he was yours. number one or two on that list for me. Nice. For, he was definitely my number one. Yeah, sports he was your number podcast. one podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah he yeah, might have yeah, been my good. number one podcast overall. Yeah, he was. He was good. Um, 
But yeah, and you know, Good like question. I said, to start things off though. Huh? Absolutely. And then question. I take from people that I've been able to work with too. You know, like I, you know, say what you will. People have their own individual feelings about them. And, I, face and I tried to get them on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. but I learned sure. a lot from John Canzano. I, I, I agree with that. Just being your brother and seeing you from then to now, I know that that was an intricate part of your career and you learning how to take. I, I watched how you communicate on air for kind sure. of be yeah. uh, a little offspring of that. And that's, that comes with it. You yeah, know? You, I, you, I was his intern. Yeah, that's what you know I was about what I mean? to say. Like, yes. intern, you, that was your first big example of success yeah. in that you know realm. So, of course, by default, the time spent in the things you learn from, and you definitely have implicated most of it. Absolutely. And yeah. I tried to get Kanzano on the podcast this week. We've been texting Back and forth, but he's super busy, obviously, with this Mario Cristobal yeah. news and him leaving, which we'll get into a little bit more in depth shortly. Um, but, yeah, I was going to try to get him on the day, but I know he's extremely busy right now. Facts. I mean, he's obviously got a report on every interview that's happening, that's going to happen. Just It's a super busy time because that's who he primarily covers. Because, really, if you think about it, he covers the Ducks. like Like, his niche in this market is... Ducks, Beavers, and obviously, at a larger scale, Pac-12. It's a lot going on with Thibodeau. He doesn't really to the touch the Blazers as much like that until it's some problems. Until <laughs> <laughs> his phone, yeah. he's gonna get a nice, he's gonna get a nice Which, hey. article in his phone. <laughs> For sure. He might pop out with one soon. <laughs> oh, oh, he been like oh, Neil O'Shea. Oh, bro. Oh, my God. Dude, his, <laughs> tweets, his tweets are like, are like fucking tomahawk missiles, dude. Like, he'll yeah. drop like one a week and it just, boom, blows up. <laughs> Especially Blazer Portland. They don't. I, I feel like a lot, a lot of the casual Blazer fans. I bet you, if you really asked them one on one, they're like, "I can't stand." Oh, oh, yeah. oh we man. know that. Yeah, oh, I, but... I, I've talked about it with Gonzano here on this podcast when when I obviously worked at seven fifty the game, and when he was on this podcast last year, and I talked about that moment because he obviously knows that there's controversy surrounding his names in terms of just how fans receive his work. His he's, he's the best in the market at what he does. It's no, it's no indictment against what he does as a professional. And he understands and he knows he can stand on his own two feet in terms of the pushback that he may get as a journalist. But it was funny because I'll never forget. Um, it was me, Canzano, and Andrew Greif, who now works with the L.A. Times and is the beat reporter for the Clippers for the L.A. Times. Nice. And we were going we, – we carpooled down. We all rode together down to Eugene. We were going to cover a Ducks game. And as soon as we park in the parking lot and get out the car, the fans are just booing them. Like, we're walking through. It's us three. My big black ass and uh, Gonzano and, and Andrew And he's Christ. getting all the booze. He <laughs> played for the team. Boo! Boo! Like, he was the opposing yeah, team coming crazy. through. And, and it was just a moment I will never, ever forget because it was like, wow, this dude really triggers I bet you reactions out of people. Good. I bet you that it's, feels it's, it. It has to. He love it. He, he love yeah, it. He, it has to. Like, I mean, and he's been through far worse. Like, he he has stories on top of stories when it comes to, like, yeah. threats he's gotten. Like but I said, we talked reach, about all of that. The but reach. It's the like reach. music again. It's like you go in there, you're yeah. pulling up, and you're knowing, like, my work has reached. What, for good or bad, it's right. like that all publicity. But it's like we pulling up, and y'all minding me. 
I'm not minding y'all. Right. I'm doing yeah. My he job. doesn't even know who you are. You hate, me, <laughs> you hate me and you can't stop listening. You can't, you can't stop listening yeah. or reading, obviously, yeah, yeah. as he's a columnist yeah. for the Oregonian. But yeah, no, that was that was a moment I'll never forget. That, like getting just... out in the parking lot at Autzen Stadium and just being booed. And then I've had moments where like I wasn't with him. Like we both probably were there at Autzen, but maybe say I drove down or I didn't ride with him to that particular game. But people knew he and I were on the same station. So when people would see me, like, walking by myself through the parking lot at Autzen Stadium, people would come up to me, hey, man, I love your show, but that fucking Kanzano. <laughs> <laughs> I got all of that, you know what I mean? Yo, but, dude, he's not my cousin. Bro. And that's what I'm telling you. Like, you can just, yeah, like, I'm okay. Not this, man. I'm not keeping this, man. Yeah. Why are you telling me? But people knew that I came from that Kanzano yeah, tree, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? And, sure. they, and I'm obviously on the same station, yeah. and they just wanted an opportunity yeah. to be able to say that to me, I guess, and I'm like, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. I guess. Cool. Story. Don't worry. I'll tell him. Yeah. yeah. And I I'll right. Tell him first in the morning. <laughs> but yeah. So maybe we'll get him next week. I I'll, I'll follow back up with him, and it might you know timing maybe top of the year. It's it, a lot. Timing going on might right be now. even. But yeah, you got Christmas well, coming up, yeah, and timing might be a, a little lot. better depending upon a lot, bro. what it's the hire is going to be for the Ducks. But before we get into the Ducks, because that'll be the topic we'll start with um, this weekend, Portland State. Versus Cal Poly at home. If you're in Portland, pull up this Saturday, December 11th. Um, it'll be at the Viking Pavilion. If not, you can tune in and watch us on ESPN+. Plus. That's the only announcement I got this week. Cool. Uh, I got an announcement. Go for it. <clears throat> next Saturday, just so you start thinking now, next Saturday, December 18th, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., Living the Dream will be a vendor at the Lloyd Center that whole day. Oh, you can what? come shop with us. We'll have some Play for Par um, gear in there for, for Spliff brand. We'll have some of Shea Butter brand. We'll have some uh, A Better Place podcast. And maybe even some Wake Up and Win merch if Devon sent for it. I want to have a variety of stuff. I think it's going to be a big shopping day. So it's a big opportunity to expose what we're doing here in Portland and what we're about. So nice. we'll have merchandise. We'll have a lot of stuff. And we'll have a lot of our representatives um, at the Lloyd Center all day, eleven to five on Saturday, December eighteenth. So, so, so if so, if I place an order today, you'll have it. You'll have it turned around to me for that uh, next weekend. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. But I do Man, got I some stuff in the tuck, though. <laughs> I, I know you got some stuff in the tuck. Yeah, I got some yeah, stuff yeah, in the tuck, though. I got some merch that in the tuck. Like a, that sounds like a one, of, a one of those opportunities to just have to take over the entire mall. That's what I'm saying, you know right? I mean? just, that, that's what I mean. It's like, we no, just got dope. word today. I think it's tight, man. It's yeah. it. That's dope. Yeah, for sure. So a a absolutely. Well, let's talk about Mario Cristobal, since Kanzano's not here to talk about it with us. But like I said, we'll get him on soon. That's my guy. I would have left, too, after two blowouts like that. Mm. Utah? Yeah. Yeah, they got it. Mm. It's not I, the same I, tradition. I never thought that they were going to be very good. I thought that the expectation of the season was that they're not going to be the yeah, greatest. Yeah, they overexceeded anyway. the expectations. Well, I mean, like. I think the expectations ultimately came when they beat Ohio State early on in yeah. the year. And I told y'all that was a fluke. Yeah, I, I mean, I told y'all that was a fluke. That wasn't gonna mimic or like really like that didn't define them or their season. And I think people expected that. And again, that just goes to the history of what Oregon Ducks football is known about: being a powerhouse, being dominant, playing in the big games. It's, yeah, you know, looking good while they're doing it, like all of the above. So it 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 comes in phases and waves, just like anything else. And they had a long time of being up. And I think people don't realize that when you're down or when you don't 
uh, beat these expectations. It's a lot of BS that come with that. Well, well, you know? did they? Well, did they? Under did they exceed expectations in terms of? I mean, they're still a number fourteen ranked team in the country after the year that they've had. They I would say they over- they've never won a national championship before. So you know, obviously that would mean they right. really overachieved if they went and did that this right. year. But I'm more so, I guess, speaking in terms of Mario Cristobal leaving. Like, do you think the year wasn't good enough for him to decide to stay? I obviously to give a little context to it, he's got an ailing mother. In Florida, the University of Florida, I mean, the University of Miami, excuse me, is his alma mater. So mm-hmm. there's a lot more like sentimental aspects to him making this decision right. than just what happened in the product that was on the field. But you see the personnel, in my opinion, um, obviously, they, what, best defensive player was hurt for most of the Kayvon year. Kayvon Thibodeau, he, he dealt with some injury he early on in some, the year, but right. he, he, he bounced but back. He bounced back. Um, I, I just don't think that University of Oregon is the same uh, recruiting. It doesn't have the same recruiting feel that it used to have as well. I remember at one, one point in time, everybody wanted to come play for U of O. Like that, the recruiting uh, feel of it seems so big. And I think that that's going backwards now with the national attention that Oregon is just getting on levels outside of sports, for one. So I think with with him seeing that it's really not no light at the end of this tunnel for him here. In addition to all of the extra, um, you know, circumstances, I guess you would say it, it, it's kind of a no brainer. I'm not surprised or any of that. I think it makes sense for, for everybody. So, for so do you consider Oregon? Because I mean, you know, obviously we got Don Johnson who I think actually has been the turnaround in recruiting. Coach do, D, I, right? Coach D, Big yeah. D, yeah, yeah. I would say, like, prior to him coming, like, you had the Taggart situation where Taggart seemed like he could recruit, but he didn't last long at all. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, took a lot of guys with him and attempted to t- – a lot of guys transferred, essentially, mm-hmm. when Taggart left. But then you bring in Cristobal, and I think, to Cristobal's credit – a great hire was Don Johnson, who's the director of recruiting. And I think he's done really well. Like, they've got some young, promising classes. And by the looks of it, it seems like a lot of them might end up staying. There's a few guys that have already entered the transfer portal. But I do think, like, in terms of recruiting, that hire in particular has, like, changed the traje- the trajectory back in the right direction because he is there and he's still there right now as they're still obviously searching for a head coach. But, like... I guess in terms of looking at the University of Oregon as more of like a stepping stone job now, because you do have Mario Cristobal. Like I said, obviously he's got legitimate reasons for why he may have left and went to University of Miami, but University of Oregon would seem like the dream job in college football from obviously, as you mentioned, the history that they have, Used to be. <laughs> the Nike connections that they have. We've seen Taggart come for a short stint and leave. Like, has this become a stepping stone job? And going forward, do you hire somebody who might not be a bigger name because they'll probably stay the full length of their contract or do you still swing for the fences as you do got some young promising recruiting classes? And two, Phil Knight, who's ain't getting no younger, who's what almost 85 years old, is 
probably the greatest booster in all of college sports at this particular point, and you want to kind of win a championship while he's still alive. So do you swing big while he's still alive and he's still back in the program in the way that he does? Because you never know when that's going to end. That's a good question. But I think personally, like even with somebody like Big D, he got such he's a good recruit. He's a good person in a position that he's in because of his direct connection with these people, these young players and these these programs that are producing these young players. So it's one of them things, too, where with something like that is good while he's there because he's still there. But again, if he go, I think a lot of personnel is going too. like when you, like you right. talked about with Tiger. So, again, I think it's just building from the ground up, big name or not. I don't think that's what's necessary. I think it's really creating or going back to uh, filling that culture or or that that vibe that you always got from University of Oregon football. And even with the big win, you didn't feel that. They went down to the wire damn near with on Civil War. They don't call it that no more. But when they played, or that used to be an automatic blowout. Write that off. Now we 10 points and 7 points going into the front. Like, it's just that identity is not there. So do I have the answers? No, but I don't think it's like a one thing makes the I think it's a collective effort to figure out, okay, how do we get back to but this feel again? A, a big part of that comes with a hiring of a head coach, though. So that's why I guess I asked that question, and maybe you can answer it too. But, like, starting from the ground up means maybe you get somebody who's young and promising Obviously not that proven yet, but again, you know that they're going to be fully committed to the program rather than trying to get somebody who has maybe college football playoff experience or close to it that's going to come in maybe for three or four years, see how it goes. But if LSU or Alabama or the Florida Gators or somebody comes knocking on the door three, four years from now, they're gone because that was sort of their intent anyway. I say own the rebuild. And what I mean by that is the bigger the name head coach, the bigger the expectation on instant impact. Am I right or wrong? Definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the bigger the name of the head coach, like that's, that's just going to go with instant impact and instant heat if it if they don't live up to whatever the public's expectation is. So I think just owning the fact that they appear to be in a, in a genuine rebuild phase right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and the program as a whole – the University of Oregon, I guess, at large, they're not in any trouble right? in terms of relevancy or any, yeah. any, you know what I'm saying? So you do have a little bit more bandwidth to be able to say, okay, well, let's just go get a coach who's going to help us get back to our quote-unquote winning ways. But, mm-hmm. I mean, to, to that same point, it's kind of like the Portland Trailblazer situation in some kind of ways. It's like you don't really have necessarily as much room as you think to be like, well, let's just break it down and bring it back up, like, Cause you're supposed to win. Yeah, I mean you're yeah. the University of Oregon. You know, like you're supposed to be winning. Yeah, and you when have I say, you have the best backing of any, the best boosters, the best facility. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and when I say rebuild, that's kind of what I did. Even this season was a reflection of rebuilding to me. It wasn't the same dominance. So this yeah. was a part of that, obviously, and the coaches going It's hard now, for but... me to say that because for a good portion of the year, they were in that college football playoff picture. Yeah, but like they just, were they for a it, significant portion of the year up until but it wasn't pretty that late university or like it's it's kind of unexplainable, but it's like they should be the best they team weren't in the Pac-12. That well, I think they should I be think, the best team in the Pac-12 every season. Well, I think on paper, fact. I think the difference is, especially under Cristobal, like his approach was so drastically different from I guess 
the tradition at University of My Oregon point. built in terms of like he'll go get the he'll have the best lineman in the country, but he's not necessarily getting the speed demons in the backfield or in your as your position players essentially. Mm -hmm. So we are hearing about the Panay Sewells being the first round draft picks coming out of University of Oregon. Obviously, this year on the defensive side of the ball, it's your defensive end and Kayvon Thibodeau. We haven't had any quarterbacks like we haven't yeah. had any DeAnthony Thomases, no Marcus Mariota's like they Dennis used to Dixon be a school even. that He's obviously played a lot funner yeah. of a Dennis Dixon who yeah. played a lot funner of a style of play and obviously you give Chip I mean uh, Chip Kelly a lot of credit for that who also is somebody who could potentially be coming back to get the job again so wow. I just think that the spirit cool. I would not like that I would like it I wouldn't like it I would like it I wouldn't like it. The reason I wouldn't like it. He had is, incredible success. That's why I would like it. Like, but he hasn't stadium. since. No, no doubt. No, 100%. And, 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 and he's been at UCLA, and I think they've been pretty underwhelming, especially looking at it from the lens of them being in Los An Angeles and USC hasn't been that good out there. It was the perfect time for him to kind of come and, to Southern yeah. California and take over, especially because that's the best recruiting pool that you have in the West Coast in particular. And I just don't think that he got the job done. And a lot of that is because you were talking about the originators and being innovative and all of that at the top of the podcast. And he was very innovative with the offense that he used to have the Oregon Ducks running. And now that's become a little bit more common now across college sports that I don't think it separates him in any ways now as things have developed, obviously, over the last decade that he's been away from University of Oregon that would make it sort of have that same feel that it had back then. So I don't think he would be the greatest coaching selection just because I feel like I kind of feel like we've seen the best of Chip Kelly like as, a, as a college football coach, I like but I don't like it. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't want to see Chip Kelly back, man. I wouldn't. I, in a dream world, if I had to just like dream up, is is definitely not going to happen. But in a dream world, I would love to see Deion Sanders become the head coach. Forget about at it. University. It's not even a dream world. It's a that dream is. world. It's a Forget it's a it's a fantasy it. world. In fantasy land, I think he would be great. But he'd he, be him, at OSU before him and him and Nike. Him and Nike don't have yeah, the bro, greatest I want Barry relationships. Sanders to come to my next birthday party. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> happen. Oh yeah, I know I it's not. I, I know it's not gonna happen. Dream, but, dream, but at least he's a college. On, at least he's a head college football coach. But I do think like he would be a splashy enough name to come. And I tell you what, if you were close to winning. If you if you were right there at the cusp, like say you know what, however many years six, not even ten years ago, he's too much for Oregon. Maybe it wouldn't work, it, dude. It wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. Oregon, would not work. Oregon sports fandom, man. Wouldn't work. I just that's boy. why. Or I've never I been just, in a city more. That's why it's a dream because I, for me, I live in. I'm a Californian. Like, I, I've never been a in native a, Californian that lives it, in Oregon. It, it, so it's for me, like it's what I would is like a to place see. That I've noticed with sports where it's like. They're almost never happy with nothing. Mm. Like the, the U of O back then in the Chip Kelly era is like the best, most loyal, happy, solid fan base I've seen. And I'm talking about in any sport, any decision that's ever been made with the Blazers, I've heard a lot of fuckery behind it. It's just always something. It, obviously, that's the biggest sports team we got there. But as of late with with college sports and you like I just uh, I hear they oh, Oregon is trash now and boom it's just 
it's always whining and complaining. Again, yeah. we come from a culture where the Raiders been weak for two decades and every and win. Still which rocking year, it's out. only one nation. We rock like, out. We it's rock just hard. like we rock own it. we own yeah. the fact that we fans more than we trying to tear down yeah, an already it's... depleted situation. And I feel like that's just what I see. And so the Chauncey Billups situation and digging up things from years ago. I just feel like Dion, like it'll be the same thing where as great and golden as that would be for that, that would program, be golden. It, that would they be wouldn't golden. see it. You feel me? Yeah. And that's the Well, they problem. don't deserve it. Listen, Oregon fans don't deserve it. And I'm going to tell you why. Look, and you're a native <laughs> Oregon fan, so I, I, you can I'm let gonna, it fly, look, brother. I'm going to tell you right now. I've been thinking about this for at least the past 48 hours pretty much exclusively. And this take is a little rough around the edges, but I think I might get it figured out. It's... That Oregon fans, they are like bad. They're like how how you could you date shittily in your early twenties. Like off the bat, as soon as whoever comes in next, it's way too much praise and in adulation. Just oh my god! I mean, look what's happening with Joe Cronin. Hundred percent approval. Way oh this new guy because you had a bad, you just got out of a bad relationship. So the new thing is great for you, but you always keep getting out of bad relationships because. You, she, stuff goes wrong that you're either apathetic to or not smart enough to care about to try to figure out how to fix on your own end. You don't take any responsibility for themselves because either it's all really good and it's a side of anything crappy. It's just bitching and moaning and complaining without any real responsibility taking on their end. I think and then when, the, the, when, they, when, they, when that person finally gets out of there and the next person is, oh, this is the next greatest thing and they're going to fix all my problems for me. And it's like, no. You're never going to fix those problems and you're never going to find the one for you because you're not taking any like personal responsibility and and, and working on yourself. I think it's more that's, so That's what it feels like I to me. I think it's more so like say you got to if you want to put it in relationship terms or whatever. I think it's more like well, I think it really somebody fits that to, to you make never, that comparison. You never get to celebrate. It's like you you running in emotions year over year after like in the Bay, even the Raiders might be weak, but the Niners will go to the Super Bowl but or the Warriors will win. But that's win. what I was it's getting like, ready to get it's to. It's never you nothing all, celebratory here. I but feel you like. also <laughs> have such limited options here. That, yeah, yeah, that's so, what I said so, with the Blazers being the forefront, and then it's like U of O Ducks is next. Like, well, hey, the Timbers real. are playing in the MLS Cup this and weekend, nobody, and I'm rooting yeah, for them. Damn it! And, 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 and it feels like <laughs> the but, least but again, it sucks impactful. because it's soccer. No, you feel yeah, me? For it's sure. in America. They, it's soccer yeah. in America, soccer in to America. be particular. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and I'm not. You know me. I love the Timbers games. Oh yeah, I, we I we, we, we go up. Really, I enjoy the Timbers games more than the Blazers games. I agree. Yeah, I'm no, more I agree. The culture's the, way better. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. So yeah. I, I'm not dissing oh, oh, it, but oh. it's just not as oh, popular. But, but you know Let's what? be real. But you know what, Here. though? Look. It's the Soccer it's, City it's, USA, baby. It's clear cut the differences between the Timbers Army and, say, Portland fans or, or University of Oregon fans. And, wow. then what, and then with, with those clear cut differences, what, are, what is the most major glaring difference between Timbers and all the other professional sports? The Timbers have won championships. Exactly. That's so when I, you that's have, what I was just saying. So when you have limited so options like, and your teams don't, then those limited options don't win or give you as many opportunities to win. Then yeah, you become yeah, like but a, a Portland soccer fan. Fan. Like, But a Portland soccer like, fan has the Timbers. It's like damn, that's babe, it. you've been wearing them sweatpants, that sweatsuit. Like I want to see you dress up. It's like that's what it looked yeah. like. It's just nothing to celebrate. Like I know what I'm gonna yeah. get every yeah. time. And, yeah. that, and the 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 biggest moment I've seen in all the years I've been here. Was that, that shot. Western Conference playoff run? That was incredible. That was incredible. That whole that, the aftermath of that. And that's shit what was I'm really saying. That what I felt from the fans and the vibe of that in that 
whole run, it felt good to just be around, not even to be a part of, just yeah. to be surrounded yeah. in that. In the that. culture of it. It's but like then you, you saw the saga so of the Chauncey Billups hire and how Portland but that's fans why I said well, very, so very easily removed. Just go, fuck Damian Lillard. That's why it's I, like, man, yeah, you guys, we can't have anything nice in this city yeah. because... Well, no. I guess we'll just let that transition. As we said what we had to say about the Ducks, we'll say more when we get Kanzano well, or somebody say, on and they I, hire No, I was going to say, though, but, about the hiring of the Ducks, go ahead. they should take their time a little bit and find somebody that, that's the right fit for them as opposed to the GM search for Portland. They I think you, that I think you swing for the fences. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, because of the type, at least from the names that are being thrown out there as of right now, like you said, like I said, you got the Chip Kellys. Justin Wilcox was just interviewed today, who again, uh, I, I mean, he would give you that stability that we talked about in terms of he's an alum, you know, he's he's coaching at Cal right now, being able to get him a job here. He would be committed and yeah. probably, and he would probably go through his entire contract or at least get to a point of accepting some kind of extension at some point, depending on however that contract gets negotiated sure. and set up. But I want to see, like, I, I like the dude, uh, Dave Aranda from, from Baylor. That's who, who I think, as like I said, in a dream world, it would be Deion Sanders for me personally. I know it ain't going to happen. Dave Aranda or maybe even somebody like a David Shaw from Stanford, who, again, I don't know. I haven't really heard much about him, but Dave Aranda's name has certainly been floating in regards to this position. He, I think, would be a great hire and a more so he would more so lean to the side of swinging for the fences, because, again, you want to try to win a national championship as the University of Oregon football program, while Phil Knight is still alive and kicking and able to to give so much to this football program that you don't know you're going to be able to have a giver like him ever again. He's like a once-in-a-generation booster. So you got to play off of that. Like, you have to play off of that and ultimately try to win a championship. And I think, you know, a, a swing for the fences, man. Bring in the splashy name. Don't just bring in the hire that gives you stability because you feel like, as you mentioned, you're getting out of another shitty relationship because your coaches keep leaving you earlier than expected. Obviously, like I said, I think Crystal Ball's reasoning for leaving is is legitimate when you think about the family dynamics and the fact that he's an alumnaire and so on and so forth. I, but I, well, think I think Oregon's that that, starting to feel like a stepping stone program just, I, I rather than say, that really national does. powerhouse of a program that their fans expect them to be. Well, that's why it makes more sense, if you, I think, in terms of looking for stability, is to find a coach making more of a lateral move from program to program instead of a huge, splashy name coming in with giant expectations, as we've already picked apart, saying that's probably not the right move. And also, if you get somebody coming from, you know, like like this is like their, their next step in their career yeah then you're basically laying the foundation for port for university of oregon excuse me to be just that a stepping stone job for that person's career trajectory yeah so you're in a bit of a dicey situation swinging for the fences i mean that I, again you're just putting that look you're just putting that pressure on university of oregon which i think i am which because you they, should, which yeah you absolutely but it's just portland i, I mean i'm I just keep oregon saying is oregon, oregon at large but we get but it but you know like it just man we had this discussion we had the same type of discussion on, on this very podcast when we were talking about uh the the biggest uh sports city in america yeah and we yeah, started yeah, having yeah, those yeah, types yeah. of conversations about yeah. what it takes as a fan base 
as well as uh, over the overall organization to win, to go from good to great. Right, right. Let's talk about the Blazers. And I, and I've obviously, Neil O'Shea, we haven't recorded since Neil O'Shea got fired. Yeah, so, we, we've been too busy so dancing in the streets, dude. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, this, yeah, we yeah. haven't so been even thing, listening. Well, now, last week, we were in here last week, no, right? we were in here last yeah, week. Yeah, we were in here last week, but I think it, it was like the day after we were, the day we released, so we record on Thursdays, obviously we're it here was right now on a Thursday. I think on Friday was when he got fired, and obviously we had already recorded Thursday and we released on Friday. It. So it's just been a week already because just schedules didn't align in that regard, but... I guess I revisit the question from a couple of episodes ago. Maybe that was two or three episodes ago when y'all was kind of looking at me crazy for speaking about how toxic and dramatic this Blazer organization is. And then they follow up with that, with with the firing of Neil O'Shea. And then obviously we've seen all the news on Dame this week, which really ain't news to me. I'm a little tired of it because Dame has he's he's still singing the same tune. Hey, he doesn't look to be traded. He wants to stay with the Blazers. Stephen A. Smith, punk ass. That's what it is. Let's get down to it. I'm sick of that man. Sick of looking at him, hearing him. Stephen A. Freaking Smith. Let's just cut to the freaking chase. We can keep this real sweet. It's been some local ah, folks too, though. It's it's been Woj though. Woj. Woj is another one. Woj is another one. Singing the same tune for all, a lot of these times too, bro. Like he's trying to. <laughs> Damien Lillard. Yeah. We you gotta leave. We don't got care. to leave. If you wanna win, you got to leave. Man, sit your loud artery busting before you have a heart attack and an aneurysm somewhere, cuz. He's I too feel. big time for the Portland market. He says he wants to win, but it's contradicting because he's staying. Damian Lillard. The man outside nine threes. The man y'all was comparing to Curry. He loves it in Portland. Oh, my God, dude. Oh. That, that's what I, I've been hearing that too much. I shouldn't be able to recite it that way. That's, that's, so, that's a good Stephen so, yeah. so, shit. That's, that's, that's really. Rough. You got to take that on the road. That's yeah. fucking funny. If he shut Ooh. up more, I think oh the whole conversation oh gets shut up what more. We, I don't even know what we were talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta, I gotta show up more often. This is fun. Damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm over that. I'm over that. Until Dame tells, until Dame says he's ready to go, and I don't care about any reports. Not a quick report. Not a Woj report. Not a Stephen A. report. I don't care about any of that. But I do still think it all adds to the drama of the organization, and maybe. I mean, obviously, we've all seen what this organization has come has turned into, which is a bit of a mess. But yeah, obviously, the term dumpster fire comes to mind. Right, right, right. Bad. It's not that bad, but it, it's, but it's it's getting there. I mean, it's it's it's, 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 it's it's pretty rough right now, obviously. Damn. And before we even get into that, prayers to CJ, CJ. McCullough. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, don't yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That, that should be either. the most like. In a, in a perfect world, that would be the the shittiest news to get, which it is. I mean, really, it is because we're talking about a man's health. It is outside of the game, which after that point, you know, it doesn't. It, you yeah, know, it, all that yeah. other shit doesn't matter. Yeah, but. yeah. For those that don't know, C.J. McCollum is out right now. He's got to get it reevaluated, but had a CT scan and had a collapsed right lung. I forget the exact. 
Mm-hmm. Big word terminology. Pneumo, pneumo. It sound like pneumonia. Something crazy, right. but it's a collapsed right lung, which we all know. Well, you know pneumo, that's pretty pneumo dangerous. Is the, pneumo, I think, is like the prefix for like lungs, mm-hmm. and I guess like the I forget pneumothor something. Anyhow, that's why. I'm not that's doctor, why. Bro. Look, I'm not look, 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 look. That's why when I was in junior college, when I was at DVC. And I was a, a, a exercise science major. I switched my major to journalism because uh, <laughs> Smart move. I couldn't I couldn't get with all the terminology, Smart, man. Yeah, I, because I definitely much. changed. Like when I transferred to Pacific, I was an exercise science major or kinesiology, yeah, if that's, that's what if I you I will. To do too. Yeah, forget <laughs> about it. General media, justice. general media, me please, <laughs> bro, bro. <laughs> advisor. Bro, I straight up, I straight up. <laughs> I straight up majored in English. I can't even pronounce the word, dog. I don't even know what That's crazy. I, I straight yeah. up, I switched my major. I got my bachelor's degree in general media. General media, me please, advisor. Kinesiology, all the terminology. It's just yeah. not quite for it. me. Yeah. But a, cor- a collapsed right lung, we definitely want to send it's our bad. well wishes and our best wishes to CJ well, McCollum because that, that's some serious stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, and there was like that report that came out like pretty much immediately thereafter. From, like, I don't even know who reported it. It could have been Woj anyway. Uh, but someone was like, the Sixers were like, we just, like, the Sixers said that they weren't interested in trading for CJ initially. And they, they had never had a trade package put together. It's like, bro, no one fucking asked you whether or not, like, to say that right now. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, that's not even a relevant thing to say. And his well being and, and if it, with yeah, his future is really yeah, 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 yeah. And then and everything mean, else will take place after that. But I mean, but, but I mean, look, from like a, from like an objective, like, standpoint, um, I never, I, what did I tell you? I told you when Neil O'Shea was out, I said, I would expect to see a package put together where you would move Nurkic and go get somebody else. I agree because a trade true. needs to be made. We had this conversation about Cronin and about whether or not he makes moves in the interim position. No. I, unless, I, unless, I, he's, nights, unless he's actually he, going for the job. Well, see, nights like last night is when Nurkic should be putting up 30. I'm going to just be honest. At least 20, the 20 war- and 10. The Warriors don't have hmm. a big man that's, that should play on the same level as Nurkic. Both of your star scoring is out. And you let Nasir Little bruh, become this like bruh, that is Nurkic, backwards to me. Nurkic bruh. put up thirty two two games ago against Philadelphia. We yeah, still lost. one time, but it's far and few but, in between. Like these are the times when he has to go on. He has to carry the team ultimately. Just, like he, the it, offense has to run through him. Yeah, he yeah he's got to show his true value. Gotta, I've said yeah, the same thing. I said the same thing. And I'm only him. saying that because I I still hold expectations for him because I've watched him be very good yeah. before. Before that I, injury, yeah, he I, was before the broken leg, mm-hmm. right? I watched him be fundamentally sound. I watched him be yeah. hard to guard. I watched him even have some spunk to him. Like, yeah. like what's happening? Like edge he, and like I, all of that, all that is just. But he doesn't play above the rim. He's on ceased. the above the rim threat. So yeah. that that just it but just again, to me just but the, the value but again, you get out of that position. Develop more. Take like make your off seasons count more. Like let us see the growth year after year because it's yeah, still, I don't see it. That's what I'm saying. Guy. It's the same guy every year. We watch Dame. Put in work in the offseason and come back stronger. Yeah. We watched him start driving and creating a little bit more off of his body ability. Nurk, every year it's almost regressing, not even progressing at all. So right. it's like that those kind of things need to be accounted for too. It's like some of the pieces could have been there and they would show flashes, of, but you, you gotta your personnel has to want it just as bad too. And I don't think that they do. I I, I wouldn't imagine that. 
Dame, uh, Dame reached his ceiling. He can't get too much better for the Blazers than he's ha- than he has agreed, already. He's an NBA he, 75. Yeah, that's player. what I'm saying. It's like he yeah. can't do Which too much. Which I don't much. think he should have been on that list. But that's yeah, but he can't do too I do. But he can't be too much more for I, you. Ooh, I got a question for you. Yeah. I got a question for you. Cause I, I, I don't think anybody that made my list, I mean made that list, didn't deserve to be on that list. But I do the think White there Howard. were guys. That didn't make that list. That did deserve to be on that list, if that makes sense. Like Dwight Howard and, and Clay and Thompson. Thompson, hundred percent. Yeah. And I would take Damian Lillard off of that list first because I wouldn't put if, if, I, between I him and Clay I Thompson. I'm not, not going go that close. far because I would need the list in front yeah. of me to, to, to go. Add it. It's probably Dame some other Clay guys. Clay Thompson, though. That's like, right, the question right that away, I have. It's easy money. It's cl- I'm taking no, Clay Thompson. Not easy I'm sorry. Money. I'm taking Dame on that list over Clay Thompson, but. I, it's, it ain't. I don't know. It's, Devon, it's, I, don't know. I think Devon's favorite player of all time is Clay Thompson. He's so. awesome, dude. <laughs> I love. What he said to me the other day, you were like, "Man, I love he's Clay. the one." I would love to have a beer with <laughs> hey, him. Look, over I anybody. would love to. Like, I, hey, look, to be look, homie. <laughs> I would love to go. I would love to go out there and 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 and. and Shoot get the on shit a, with him. Out there in the bay, on the boat. Out there on the boat in the bay. To his face. Hey, he can already see it. He already is my guy. Even though Steph is my favorite player, I think Clay. I've always said on this podcast for so long now. If there's anybody in the NBA that I would just want to just kick it with, just like on some homie shit, it, it would be. Let, Clay Thompson. Let's just leave it at this. Then I would say, anytime when you're dealing with a list. It's gonna be controversial. Absolutely, that's <laughs> why they make them. That's why they. That's why one hundred percent. That's why they make them. But for I mean, sure. but look, I mean, to to talk about like overall, I mean, outside of the CJ thing, which is like you know, take care of the man's health. Um, the decision is you find a GM, right? You decide who has that job. You need to remove that word interim as quickly as possible. For sure, not I agree. like not like the University of Oregon where you have, I think, but some wiggle room. Sorry to chill. cut you off, but I do want to ask this question because. While I do agree with you, you want to get rid of that term interim as quickly as possible. Do you foresee that being the case, especially when you look at how Neil O'Shea was handled in his position, obviously not really putting together a formidable roster around Damian Lillard, but Damian Lillard, who I think bailed out him. He bailed out Terry Stotts for as long as he could with all the heroics that he's done over the years as a Portland Trailblazer. And obviously you had the investigation situation go on with Neil O'Shea, which for a lot of fans, like like my folks Tara from the We Have a Take podcast. Shout out to Tara. She listens to this podcast every week. I listened I listened to her episode a couple weeks ago, obviously prior to the O'Shea firing, but after the news was reported that he was being investigated, and a lot of fans felt like he sh- felt like he should have been gone, almost pretty much when they found out an investigation was happening. That investigation wasn't an overnight investigation; like sure. he was in- being investigated for at least a cool month or so. And a lot of people felt like just the fact that he hasn't been able to put together the roster that Blazer fans, that make Blazer fans happy, or maybe makes Dame happy even more importantly. But now you have this tagged along, let's just part ways now. Forget the investigation. But it didn't happen. And then obviously we know up top with Jody Allen as the owner who doesn't care as much about basketball as Paul Allen did. Do you foresee that the Blazers are going to have a new GM anytime soon that doesn't have the the term interim or interim attached to it. Spencer. Well, I mean, like I like I said earlier, like 
Portland fans are doing it again with this guy, Joe Cronin, who, by the way, has been with the organization for more than a decade, considerably. Apparently, by his own, you know, uh, accounts, he said that in his current, you know, I guess before the interim promotion, he was like, I've been sort of doing, trying to like gear toward being a GM for some years now. So he feels as if he's prepared. And even in the press conference, that your was, president left too, Chris McGowan. We ain't, we ain't really talking yeah, about yeah, that yeah, either. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look, I mean, that was just to go get a bigger bag. Was it? it? Yeah, doesn't he have like a new so job? Is it? Doesn't he have like a crazy new job? He does have a new job. That's like, I mean, like I heard he's he in like technology. Well. Detroit, no, nah, he's doing something. I think with sports in Detroit or something. Oh, right. like that. And, and, yeah, some. Group but that again, this is all around. This is all in the midst of all this drama, man. Anyway, all I'm saying is, <laughs> no, no, for sure, no, no, absolutely. Like the drama is always going to be there when you don't win, especially in this city. Because this is all you got. And all, all I'm saying, got. all I'm saying is, is that what what I was gonna say was Portland fans are to the moon right now over this guy after one, you know, press conference that I, a, a large swath of these people have probably never heard this man or w- couldn't tell you that a guy named Joe Cronin worked never for the organization until whatever it was yesterday during some press conference where he was just yeah. nice, nice to people, which was such a departure from. Neil the way O'Shea. that Neil O'Shea conducted himself and conveyed himself. Especially in pressers. press conferences. So yeah. now, I mean, I literally see, excuse me, I literally see tweets yesterday, people saying, Joe Cronin has a 100% approval rate with Portland Trailblazer fans. And I'm like, okay, I understand that that's like a tweet. I get the hyperbole behind the website. But that's how a lot of these people really operate. They're like, oh, here he is, our our savior. And it's like, then what? Like, Let's say he fields a bad roster. Let's say CJ can't play anymore and your hands are kind of tied because you didn't make a trade before the deadline, which we know for a fact that the only way to maintain relevancy in the conversation, I don't even know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but the Blazers absolutely positively, no question about it, the only saving grace that they have for this season and beyond Mm. while Damian Lillard is on the court is a blockbuster trade in every sense of the term. Anything less than that, as far as I'm concerned, you have – let down the organization. And I don't think what Joe Cronin was saying, just, I mean, I, I'm just trying to look at like the minutia of what he was saying. He says, this, he says things like, they'll ask him questions like, well, yeah, the Portland, Portland Blazers, they need a new roster. So what do we do? Oh, well, we need a new roster. We'll see. We will get a new roster. And it's like, when you say we, do you mean you as the GM? Or do you mean somebody that you and the organization are looking to hire? Because if you aren't, Giving for me, I'm to I'm fed up. Common denominator is going to be a, a blockbuster trade, hundred percent. It has to be, but, 100%. Yeah. but that's what we're going to see. But next. I have been a Blazer fan for thirty years, and yeah. I know how it goes down. I am not going to be so quickly going. Oh, I like this guy, hundred percent approval rating. Whatever you do is fine, bro. As long as you're nice to me, don't no. blow smoke. No, I want to know the truth, and yeah. I want to know until it, now. it happens. You're not buying him. Is exactly. basically what you're telling yeah, me. Until saying, until the blockbuster trade gets made, you're not buying see, anybody in that perfect, position. Exactly, and it's a great opportunity for opportunity. I sound like I was from Boston there for a second, but it's like a great opportunity. I w- I would imagine for the organization to be like, well giving themselves that limbo, they might not make the the, the right decisions in the, the amount of time and yeah. then have an excuse to fall back on, right? For sure. That's all I'm saying. All right. All right. All right. We're good. We're good. 
Yeah, I do think that a blockbuster trade is the way to go, though. Facts. Like if, if, you have to. Yeah, don't bring in a GM that's going to blow smoke. Like, actually make a move. Bring in somebody that's going to make moves and make the drastic roster change. I don't know if the drastic roster change necessary is the right way to put it because we won't know until it happens and obviously things unfold. But make the drastic roster change to, that shows you're actually making an attempt to try to win a championship, especially while you still have... Damian Lillard as the face of the franchise. Hey, we went to go see Thundercat uh, last weekend, man. We I'm went jealous. to go see Thundercat. See, my, he was have, killing that yeah, uh, guitar. Was face. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was pretty great. Super cool crowd, too, actually. Like, everyone was nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, everyone seemed to be if on I the had same to, page. If I, had to, if I had to describe the crowd, it was definitely the Keep Portland Weird crowd. Okay. Okay. Sure. Like, if I had to put a, you know what right. I mean? If I had to describe yeah. it. It was definitely to keep Portland rear crowd. I mean, did you see what Cat that. was wearing? I mean, it was weird. Yeah, Cat's a little <laughs> weird. A weird guy. Yeah, 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 for sure, yeah, for sure. Cool, though. And like a it. lot of musicians are weird. And I mean, that yeah. that just is what it is. A lot of musicians are weird, eclectic, all of those all of those buzzwords that would describe what we saw at that show. But I will say this, I actually I absolutely love the show. The, mm-hmm. the performance he put on was absolutely phenomenal. Like, he shredded that bass. And for me, like, I grew up in church. So we often talk about how church music obviously is the root of a lot of soul music we hear and so much other music that we hear. And Thundercat actually does have a church background as well. You might not be able to tell that, (laughs) you know, based on seeing him perform or his crowd or so on and so forth. But listening to his performance, I could certainly hear the sort of like jam session element that Mm -hmm. you would hear in like high spirited church services Mm -hmm. that bleeds over into obviously his performance as Thundercat because obviously he did some singing, but... A lot of that performance for over two hours, though, was straight up jam session. It was him. He had a guy on the keys and he had a guy on the drums. He didn't have a big band, but boy, did they rock out. And you could just tell, especially like if you were just in the building, like there's not too many people better than this dude at what he does. And that was the part that I appreciated about it the most. I don't care if you're a musician or not. Hearing him and watching him perform, you just know it's not too many people in the world that could do that. That could do it. It's just not too many. It's it, it, it shined through. It's, it's it shined through. And, and 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 that was sort of the takeaway that I have from it is like, yo, a lot of people can't make that bass talk the way this dude is making mm-hmm. that bass talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and he like, <clears throat> excuse me, and I think he did it correctly too. Like, because we showed up, uh, got in line, and then got out of line. And then we're looking at the time, like, oh, it's kind of getting close to 9 o'clock. You know, maybe he'll start a little later. Get in, settle in for maybe a minute or two. I mean, it could have been more than 10 minutes past 9. I'm standing at the edge of the back of the crowd, and here the band comes up the stairs. And I was like, wow, these dudes are, like, ready to go and ready to play. Like, I like that because I'm getting, you know, we're all getting a little bit older. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe you guys don't feel it, but I do. Like, I don't, even if I could, I don't want to stay out till <laughs> one in the morning, especially like in a concert, listening to crazy loud music way late in the night. It's just not what I'm interested yeah, in. Yeah, it was anymore, just, it know? was on point all the way together. Yeah, it really they, was. They all right, it was no opener. And, and dude, that's how you make money. 
Yeah. That's how you make money tours. People to come back. Get in, get out. Do the job. Mm-hmm. Do it well. In and out. Efficiency. And, and, and it was it was funny you say that because it, you could tell that's been how he's operated. Because I'll be honest with you, I I just start listening to Thundercat maybe two years ago. Yeah, I don't, I've only heard of him. I don't even know. His maybe music. two years ago. Well, I mean, maybe he was like all 2019. Over to Pimp a Butterfly. He was all over. I'm saying as a solo act. Sure. I, I I did. I am aware of him. Uh, cause, cause one of my favorite songs on To Pimp a Butterfly, If These Walls Can Talk, hey, mm-hmm. that's, that's one hard. of my favorite Kendrick hard. songs of all time. Hard. So I was aware of him, but, but more so as a solo act, I didn't really get into Thundercats music on his own merit outside of all the work that he did. They basically said he was like the architect for To Pimp a Butterfly, but you know, you gotta be somebody, you gotta know that if you, if you know, you know, essentially yeah. is what that kind of a situation is. But as far as as a solo act, like it might have been two, two and a half years ago, maybe a year or so before the beginning of the pandemic, when I really became aware of Thundercats music independently, aside from his connection to that of Kendrick Lamar. And it was people that I spoke to in the crowd that essentially were telling me, like, yo, I seen this dude perform back in 2015, and just to see his growth, mm-hmm. he only had half of this amount of people in the room when mm-hmm. I saw him perform in 2015. So it's crazy. It's the story Here in of 2021, the musician, right? like, he's got however many people Crystal Ballroom holds because it was a sold out crowd in there. I never stress that the process. Up. Nobody will understand unless you're a musician. You can't stress the process. It's the reason why even some of our favorite artists. They'd be like, damn, they ain't dropped an album in a year or two. Why? Bruh, it's a lot too that come with it. You feel me? But as long as you're constantly pushing forward, music brings so many random opportunities and ways that you get exposure to. It makes sense, bruh. 2015 was a long time ago. Yeah, so you know six years mean? ago. Really? Seven, seven, pretty much. We've really been 2022 20, in like, a couple few weeks. You feel me? So it's like, that's all I say, bruh. Just keep throwing at that dartboard. You're going to hit a bullseye, and the bullseye is. The Crystal Ballroom being packed out with no openers coming to see him and his band. That is the that's the bullseye. And then you could keep and it's like it's like Carmelo shooting a three or any. Once you do it, you can do it again and again and again. City to city, state to state. And that's the definition of being owned. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This this is his first tour, mm. I believe, fresh off of That's winning. What I, mean? I think this is his first tour, obviously, fresh off of winning the Grammy last Man. year. So yeah, we you, watching, you could tell. We watching, even in the podcast world, we watch a million dollars worth of game do it right now with uh, Gillian Wallow. We wasn't talking about Gillian Wallow two years ago. Gilly was known yeah. as, a, and, as an and, unsuccessful rapper. And their, podcast, yes, he was. and their podcast was was firing on the, basically all the same cylinders you know, that they're firing on now, now back then. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You know but what it, I mean? It, it caught finally. Yeah. And now what are they on? A freaking tour. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. speaking <laughs> of, I, I actually might end up going to their live show in the I Bay would, next I week. Would, I would love to go. I, I, I might go in the, bay, in, the back, in the Bay next week. I, I'm really considering taking a 24-hour trip back home and going to watch. We could break it down to this podcast. Podcast. It's still no ceiling on this podcast. Absolutely but not. As things keep progress, like even the 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 high status quality people and the stories and the insight that we've gotten from this podcast alone, people aren't going to realize. Damn, he started this in it while he was at the seven fifty the game way back when. You know what I mean? They yeah. just they just see right now. 
it's, tr- it's I, the short I always term. Say that about, I, I always say that about you. Take it back to the very first guest of this podcast, Malika Andrews. That's, and, what, that's all and I'm saying, And who she's bro. become in the broadcast space. And I can tell you, at that time when her and I recorded the podcast, just not even a few months prior to us actually doing the podcast episode, mm-hmm. her and I recorded a demo together for a show to pitch to 750 at that particular time. And this is just before she got the uh, James Reston Fellowship with um, New York Times. You never know how it's going to come. And, and, and <laughs> you never know. We were nervous in there. And she's like, yo, I, I write, but... I haven't really too much done this broadcasting thing like that before. Like, like I'm a good writer. Like, she was one of the best college writers in terms of, like, writing for her school paper. Like, all kinds of accolades writing for the the Beacon at University of Portland. Even in her success right now, the world doesn't know everything that led up to her being in a position. Just like they're not going to know that since 2015 or 16 or whatever, that this has been a constant investment for this guy. For sure. You know what I mean? This has been a constant... Uh, how am I going to approach this? How am I going to execute this? How am I going to get this person on? All of these different elements for a year over year over year until whatever his quote unquote big break might be or where it may come from. You feel me? So yeah. it's the same with music and all of that. It's like you got to find something like this and really and just stick with just it. Stick and if you ever question Devon's commitment to this, keep in mind that he keeps having me on and he still hasn't stopped doing it yet. I mean, geez, <laughs> this guy is committed, bro. He's juggling. Like, it's, when you know you own to something, you got to keep doing it because it's yeah. not instant gratification all no, the time. Sure. And I think that's what, uh, that's what separates us from the 99% and us being that 1% is that we are willing to work through knowing that this shit don't come with instant gratification. Absolutely, you know I mean? absolutely. If anything, it's therapeutic for us. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it definitely is that. It definitely so. is that. Um, I want to ask y'all about this, though, because it was kind of interesting to me, I guess, but Drake withdrew his Grammy nominations. I saw that. I don't know. I didn't read any article. Well, he didn't. I, I he didn't, didn't really give a reason. I, I mean, just... we've all we've heard Drake be critical of the Grammys <laughs> in the past. Like we've seen Drake win Grammys, go up there, do the acceptance speech, and essentially say, "Doesn't he literally have a tape called say, For Your shit. Consideration or something to that effect?" But I know, I know, he's won a Grammy award, went on stage, and basically said, "This award don't mean shit." Yeah, I've seen him do that. It's kind of the truth, though. It's like you go with history, time over time. How how many the the big Kanye moments? The big, you know, we've seen this uh, as the story. We've seen even the nominations really not even match up and make sense. Like a lot, they of times, are making a lot me? more so, sense, I believe now. But I said the history leading up to For his sure. decision yeah. to make. Like we've seen so many examples of it looking tarnished or unfair or not fitting to black folk even you know like it's been a lot of that so that's probably the root of where he's coming from and that can go without having to well even like even like award show like like remember when the mtv music awards were a big deal right right. like that means nothing now and like the grammys they just happen to be the most storied award show or whatever but Maybe it is just sort of a, another man, indicator man, that man, these awards just don't really I matter. Think, I, I you think know? these plaques matter more than the Grammys now. Well, sure, because I, I, they yeah. like they like are more representative of like the amount of money that you've made. Exactly, off of, you know what I mean. Exactly. I think I honestly do think, and and I, it's crazy because I was gonna come on this podcast 
and talk about like the Grammy nominations at large in terms of just some of my general thoughts about them. And when it came to at least the rap album of the year, for me personally, and this is just my own brain at work in terms of the the prediction that I, not necessarily the prediction, but what I would like to see and then the ultimate point that I'm going to make. But for me personally, coming into that episode, when I first saw the nominations and I just looked at the best rap album of the year, which I think had all the right people on there. They got Kanye, they had Drake, obviously, until he just withdrew. You had Tyler, the Creator, you had J. Cole, and then you had King Disease, too, for Nas. All the, I think, the right albums that were supposed to be on that list. Prior to Virgil passing away, I wanted Tyler, the Creator, to win the best rap album of the year because I thought that Gangster Grills that he did with DJ Drama was the best project of the year, personally. That was just me. But when the passing of Virgil happened and knowing he was the creative director for for Donda, the, the, the creative agency, which is called Donda, and obviously knowing his ties to Kanye, to Donda, so on and so forth, I'm like, all right, I would like to see Virgil be able to be honored on that kind of a stage. And the way that that probably happens is if Donda wins the award for best rap album of the year. That's the way that I see he would probably get the most recognition in that case. And again, I think all of the, whoever wins, I'm not really complaining about, but we know Donda wasn't the Grammy project of the year. We know that. The only person that doesn't think that they know that is Kanye. West. Exactly. But, we know that. but tying this back into Drake. Now there's Drake withdraw to help give yeah, Donda more saying, of a chance there, are there to lists? actually win it. Because right. Drake and Kanye are right. about to do the show tonight yes. in L.A. Yeah, cool. yes. So 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 that's going back to where my brain has been thinking all yeah, along and too. connecting that to Drake. There's Drake withdrawing because he may or have had a better chance at obviously winning he this Grammy he got being in the same category. The every two minutes right, right. now. So does, does him withdrawing means he's trying to sort of uplift Kanye, yep. obviously, during the passing of Virgil, so on and so that forth. Take. That's 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 sure. my take that's, on that's it. That's the best call. And that is why Drake is so damn smart. Because he takes a situation that could seem like, oh, Kanye, and then still you see that it's like his, he's, it's calculated, bro. Mm. Whatever team that he has structured or that structured around him from yeah. beginning to now... It's work, bro. Yeah, he, because because very, a lot of people a lot of people were trying to give Kanye the smarts over Drake when they were releasing because of Kanye's rollouts and how nah, they were doing man. the live shows at Mercedes-Benz and how he's flying all the rappers in the Mercedes-Benz yeah, so on and so that. forth and trying to release on the same date as Drake to elevate Donda to mm-hmm. become what ultimately it is. I mean, I think all of those things worked in terms of record sales, and it is a good project for what it's worth. And obviously, we're here now, and it's a Grammy-nominated project. And so everybody was trying to give Kanye the credit for like being, I guess, more witty than Drake in that regard. And now here you go on the back end, and Drake is doing this, which again, I'm not saying Drake's feelings are coming from a place of wittiness, but they just operate so well in that way that this is the result of that in the midst of obviously them going through a tough time dealing with the passing of their good friend Virgil. So that's where my mind was at was it's maybe this clears the maybe this clears the lane. Yeah, maybe this clears the lane for Kanye to be able to win it in the midst of that's these tough take. times. That's that, that's 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 the way my take. brain worked out with that one. I don't argue it at all. 
I mean, that's a slippery slope to putting on your conspiracy theory hat, but I do agree. Well, I, I'm that. willing to do that with music. Yeah, for sure. I'm yeah. willing to do that with music. Yeah. Now, if it was politics or something, more, a little bit more serious, it's like, uh, especially a Grammy where, again, I've shit on the Grammys. Drake's clearly shit on the Grammys. Like, it's the Grammys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm willing to I'm yeah, willing and, to put on my and, conspiracy and, theory hat for music. And if Drake and Kanye were really friends and they're both sitting there having a conversation, like, and Drake's looking at Kanye going like, this guy really cares to have this award for this album, and I don't really care. No, I mean, I don't know. If it was my friend, and it was, if I was in that position to make that sort of choice, I'd be like, sure, man, whatever. I'll throw you the lob for this Grammy. Like, I don't care. You know? Like, that project means a lot to Kanye because, you know, it's about his mom. And, and, and I get it when stuff, when you have sentimental attachment to things, like, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees. And nobody's saying that Kanye's project wasn't great or he's not a great musician. It's just you just didn't have the best album this year, bro. But we Who know. Who did? Who did? Like I said, at least on that list, you had Kanye, Drake, J. Cole, Tyler, and Nas. Hate to say it, but shit, Nas or uh, Nas or Drake. And I hate to say it because I thought that Drake project was, man, it was but when mid. I, but it's like when you keep hearing all these songs on the record, then you start being like, damn. You really a genius for sampling. I'm too sexy for this. <laughs> like, but on yeah. first listen, yeah. and it's crazy because I be feeling like, uh, like it's so genius that even being as real as I feel I am, bro, I be feeling like a hypocrite. Cause on first listen, that shit be like, bro, he could go do anything. That's when you hear that, yeah. like, I'm too sexy for this life. <laughs> I'm like, bro, what? And then you hear it repetitive, and you like, damn, this work. Then we heard it in Vegas. And we like, damn, this yeah, really it worked. Was you feel me? It was coming through it'd be in a Vegas. difference between your first listen in the car with yourself and then seeing it work in different settings. Right. It's you called just, <laughs> programming. That's what I'm saying, yeah. bro. So it's like. Yeah, and he won with the video element bro, of that all song. Of it. Yeah, it's very, all very smart play after it's smart deeper play than for rap Mr. Drake. with Drake every time. Because yeah. in all actuality, he's not giving you nothing different with, like, he gives you the expected. It's he, very expected it's what because he does. Drake, because Drake knows how to push the cultural buttons <laughs> the best. That's what I'm saying. And that and that is where that's where we're starting to see like a divergence from what I it, you know, whatever the Grammys means now or used to mean or whatever. There are spaces, like there are, are categories that I think have this a little bit more figured out. Like the best jazz album is usually the the best musician going right. in that space. Right, and that's right. kind of I- irrefutable because there's not it's a not lot of cultural attached to it. Not, not the but case. with those kinds of, you know, uh, uh, categories, it's so much, it's just as much that about is. the cultural impact that, as it is. And that's what he does. And that's why it works, bro. It works. Yeah, yeah. And, and you was talking about the conspiracy bag. Like, uh, I would even expand and say, I'm willing to do that with more than just music. And I'm willing to kind of get into that bag with just art in general. Like, yeah. like, like I, like I said, more serious stuff. I don't really. Yeah, chat. but there's probably oh, yeah. like, like a, politics, yeah, all of that. But with there's art, probably like a psychological explanation that because like we attach art, more like mysticism to artists and music. Yeah, so that's so that's easier that's, to go to the conclusion. Yeah, of, well, so some, I said music, obviously you know? in this case, but in, in the larger scale, I think art. I'm definitely I can get into a little bit of a cons- conspiracy bag. I'm not gonna lie. Anything else y'all wanted to talk about today? Any hot takes that yeah, you had on your ta- brain? I need y'all for some hot takes, real right, quick. Can I get? 90, 60 to 90 seconds of your time. Go for it. All right. You must first, be betting. First off, first off, Lakers or Grizzlies? Lakers. Lakers. 
Okay. They're playing well. I think I think they're they might be turning the corner right now. Uh Vikings or Steelers. It's Thursday night football. Vikings. I'm gonna say Vikings. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go with the Steelers. Utah or Philly? Utah. Utah. Denver or San Antonio? Denver. Whoever, Wait, whoever, whoever wins Steelers, Utah, Lakers, and Denver, that's my parlay, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's my parlay today, so thank you, Devon. <laughs> thank you. We're brothers. <laughs> thank you. That was all oh, I needed. <laughs> you just wanted to make sure you were on the right yeah, track. Yeah, I wanted like, to okay. know. Oh, yeah, oh, I wanted oh. to know. So. I do, I do want to make a quick announcement. I, I forgot to do it in the announcements, but just, you know, my due diligence, and I think it's the right thing to do uh street roots we do have a position open for an investigative reporter and i think journal friends anybody that knows journalists out there you should tell your friends it's a full-time gig 40 hours a week fifty thousand dollar annual salary full medical dental vision and a generous pto and sick leave uh and you know we 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 definitely have been doing our thing in terms of you know, our, our our journalism, our editorial department is held in high regard here in this city. Obviously, you know, you're covering a lot of things, you know, dealing with social justice issues. And we've been at the forefront of covering social justice here in this city in a lot of different ways. So it's a good opportunity. So if you're out there, you're looking for a job, you want to do some investigative reporting about issues that matter, Street Roots is the place to apply Go to streetroots.org slash reporter. Um, you got to apply by December 17th. So we may announce this again next week during the actual announcements at the beginning of the episode because it'll be like right at the deadline. What's the requirements? <laughs> a bachelor's degree? Um, I don't know. I haven't even looked, honestly. Yeah, that's a big part. We'll have I mean, that information go, for you next one, week. Well, we, go yeah, look on the website. Or go to streetroots.org slash reporters. Find out more. You probably got to submit uh, some stuff, you know what I mean? Submit some of your past work, obviously, if you've been a journalist before. But all of that's on the website. <laughs> on another note, somber note. Uh, but I don't think, I, to be fair, I don't think that you need a bachelor degree to be able to, uh, like, I don't think that's a requirement for this job. R.I.P. Slim 400. So sad. That's sad, man. R.I.P. Slim. So sad, man. man. Another I, rapper. I, being somebody who lived in L.A., I, I know a lot of people who love that dude. I'm going to be honest. I don't yeah. know what it, what it was, but it was a, my partner, Eddie P., and a lot of people that used to always push Slim 400 on me, man, just how real of a dude he was or where he made it from or whatever. So just... Feeling that connection of me knowing that it's people that I know that's heavily affected by his loss. Uh, I haven't heard too much bad said about him at all. So uh, and, yeah, yeah, and so you know YG YG is one of my favorite rappers ever, man. Yep. Especially you know when I when I when I was thinking about it this morning when I saw the report. Yeah. And when we had Darrell Wright on the podcast last year, we we talked about this a little bit ago, uh, a little bit back then. And because uh, he's from L.A., obviously. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking of like my top five favorite rappers from L.A. and YG easily Bass. on that list for me. And I think he was on Darrell's list, if I'm not mistaken. Like I said, it was a little while ago now. But but YG, like every YG show that's Slim. out here. Slim is pulling mm -hmm. up with him, mm -hmm. and I'm at that show. Mm -hmm. I went to see mm -hmm. YG twice in the same yeah. weekend at the Roseland. Told me about that before. Like YG yeah. is YG is yeah. you know obviously he 
YG 400, Slim 400, same, yeah. same ties. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, it's just, again, it's just, you know, it's sad to see, man. And just everywhere, man, and a lot of these, especially in these major markets, it's just it's getting dangerous, man. Everybody mm-hmm. stay safe. You know, in yeah. YG's case, he says stay dangerous. I'm not necessarily here to promote that, but I get it, especially when you deal with something like this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm not knocking him for it, but, you know, I, I want folks to just be on the safer end of things. Um, but and, yeah, and live, super man. and live, man. and live. Make it to Life see another precious, day. Bro. Make it to see. I hear Joe. I hear Joe Budden say it all the time on his podcast. Make it to see the end of the year, man. Like, mm-hmm. like, do your best mm-hmm. to make it. Mm. I mean, we're only like a few deep. weeks away from twenty twenty one. Every year, we know somebody close to like, right. Man, my yeah. Bugsy. Right, right. Oh, it's yeah, like we right saw. There, we got bro. friends that passed away, on shot, and killed man. on. New Year's right Eve there, type yeah, stuff, bro. man. Like, 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 right there. You know, so, so, just you know, stay safe. You know what I mean, and and, and really just try to make you smart know, decisions. Man. Make if smart you don't decisions. Don't feel right if you second guessing it. If you own your man, cancel it, man. Enjoy your home, man. You feel me? Yeah. Make that your safe haven. Make that your your, your quiet place. If you got kids, spend time with them. It's too many fathers for real. That you yeah. know, and again, that's a common denominator. I seen he got a daughter. Like yeah, it's a lot it's sad, of fathers, man. kids growing up without their fathers. So don't be selfish. And if I just can, seen if can he, help it. I just seen he posted something on his story last night. It was like a song of him and Young Dolph. See, you know yeah, what I they, mean. And him it's and like, Dolph, yeah, him did, and Dolph. They did a you know song what I mean? together. Young and, Dolph just got shot and killed a few yeah, weeks ago. Eerie. And and him and it's Dolph eerie. both. And his him last and post both, on his Instagram story. That's yeah, that's eerie. And him and Dolph both had got shot up before and survived. Right. And so it's just yeah, all how that yeah. like it's crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's but, sad, man. Yeah, I wanted to make sad. sure I mentioned that. I meant to say it too earlier in the announcements. So. No, for sure. On that note, not to end on on more of a sad or somber note, but that's the way it's gonna go today. We are gonna leave y'all the only way that we know how. And that is to stay woke and go win. win.